doing good research is not enough. For influencing policy, we need to hold hands with the implementing agencies. That's Dr. Ahmed, and you're listening to Ending Hunger and Malnutrition. Can it really be done? I'm Sivan Youssef, Senior Program Manager at the International Food Policy Research Institute, IFPRI. On this podcast, we talk to the world's top scientists, policymakers, and practitioners about ending hunger and malnutrition in under a decade. We teamed up with a group of passionate, engaged public health grad students at the University of Michigan. Each episode, one of the students will conduct an interview for us. You are the director of a nutrition program in Bangladesh. You sit in your office weighing your options on how to improve child nutrition. On the right side of your desk is a basket of food. On the left side, a wad of cold, hard cash. Which is more effective? Isa Kayavsky talks to IFPRI senior researcher Akhtar Ahmed, who shares a recent experiment that tested just that, with a little more nuance, and some surprising results. Dr. Ahmed begins by describing social protection in Bangladesh. About 30 million of the population, they are ultra-poor, extremely poor. So these are ultra poor people, they need uh, support from the government. So the government of Bangladesh uses a number of safety net programs. And these safety net programs basically provide cash or food assistance to poor uh, people. Sometimes some of these programs are conditional on like uh, sending their children to school. Last year, about 15%, one five, 15% of its uh, total budget was spent on funding about 100 social safety net programs in the country. So we at IFPRI have been uh, evaluating most of the large national safety net programs in Bangladesh. And uh, we found mixed results. Uh, Many programs, they have very good impact on increasing household uh, food security and income. But what we found that none of the safety net programs had any impact on child nutrition status, like, you know, improving stunting, underwear, of uh, children. So that motivated us to design this uh, program uh, called Transfer Modality Research Initiative, a TMRI, and uh, where we experimented with the various forms of cash transfers, food transfers, combination of cash and food, and cash combined with uh, nutrition education, what is called Nutrition Behavior Change Communication, BCC, and food transfers combined with uh, Nutrition BCC. You mentioned the BCC, which is the Behavior Change Communication Training. Uh, The training uh, provided to women, and these women are mostly illiterate women. So the delivery of the training had to be 
done very carefully with uh, pictures, with uh, demonstration, uh, showing how to cook food, how to wash food. For example, you know, the trainer told uh, the mothers of uh, these young children that when you wash vegetables and fruits, you should not peel uh, like say carrots and some other vegetables, you know, then it retains the nutrient more. But then also there are training on uh, how important breastfeeding is, you know, exclusive breastfeeding for five months and also how to feed uh, young children and infants. So were there any findings that you found particularly surprising? The most important finding we have is when cash is combined with uh, nutrition behavior change communication, then we found that child stunting was reduced by 7.3 percentage points in two years. That is from 46% at the baseline to 38.7% at the end line and uh, control, uh, you know, compared to the control group. This is, uh, you know, the 7.3 percentage point reduction in child stunting is about three times the national average reduction in stunting. You mentioned earlier about um, Bangladesh's prior food subsidy programs and how that was improved upon by kind of combining food subsidy with cash advances. Why does it matter to have um, a combination of the two? What we found in our PMRI experimental study that food and cash combination is not the best option. We found that uh, cash separately and food separately have a little bit better impact on income and uh, nutrition. Food uh, requires packaging, there is loss and the carrying and storage and all those things you know, increases cost of distribution. That said, there are some advantages of uh, food-based programs for uh, certain regions uh, when, you know, markets do not have enough food and particularly after, uh, say, you know, disasters, uh, uh, you know, are very high prices of food, then these food-based programs are more effective. So there are pros and cons for both cash and food-based uh, safety nets. Wow, so have any of these findings been used to inform new policies? Yes. After we completed the study, we presented our results in uh, several forums. We uh, also made a custom presentation to some uh, ministries, like particularly for Ministry of Women and Children Affairs. So they decided to include this nutrition BCC training in their largest 
safety net program, which is called the Vulnerable Group Development Program, or VGD program for destitute women. So that, I think, uh, is a good example of uh, policy impact that has already been created in Bangladesh. Great. Uh, Just to play devil's advocate, do you think that the study that you conducted in Bangladesh would be really applicable to other countries? I think uh, it can be uh, replicated and we could expect similar results when we combine cash with uh, nutrition, behavior change, communication training. In Bangladesh, we we, uh, did this to ultra-poor women. So when you target families who are extreme poor and who have undernourished children, then effects are expected to be larger. So in regions of countries where poverty is high and undernourishment is high, in those places, in those situations, I think uh, it's combining cash with uh, nutrition, behavior change, communication uh, is likely to work. Would you like to say anything else or do you have any closing thoughts? Doing good research is not enough. For influencing policy, we need to hold hands with the implementing agencies. And as we progress with our research, then in every stage, we need to bring the implementers to show what is happening. This uh, TMRI was a very good example where WFP convened policymakers from seven ministries. I explained to them the design, took them to the field for them to see the implementation in the field. So because of that, I I think now the government knows that if we do this, then we can expect to see this outcome. Akhtar Ahmed is a senior research fellow in the Poverty, Health, and Nutrition Division of IFPRI. Learn more about his recent work by Googling IFPRI and TMRI, which stands for the Transfer Modality Research Initiative. Isa Kajowski is a grad student in the University of Michigan's School of Public Health. This podcast is a joint activity of IFPRI's Nourishing Millions Project and the Department of Nutritional Sciences at the University of Michigan's School of Public Health. You can subscribe to this podcast and learn a lot more about IFPRI by going to the IFPRI website, www.ifpri.org or the Nourishing Millions website, nourishingmillions.ifpri.info. Today's show was produced by Noshin Hayat, Isa Kajowski, Andrew Jones, Zach Rosen, and me, Sivan Youssef. Zach Rosen edited our interview. Music from today's show comes from the Free Music Archive. Until next time, let's innovate, learn, and speed up progress on ending hunger and malnutrition.